Hello, everybody. This is episode 22 of ZK Live. I'm Zach Kenny. I'm your host. This is our Sunday night uh, Sunday night monologues, minus my dog over there barking. Um, we're going to be answering some questions, talking about some paint, some business stuff, answering uh, the coatings questions that you have. Some people have put up some very provocative ones. Uh, I'm excited to answer some of them. Um, but we're, I'm just getting in the mindset of getting ready for tomorrow. I'm sure everybody else is. It's Sunday night. Uh, we're grinding, getting ready for Monday. We have a big week ahead. We finished up a huge week last week. Um, met some deadlines that were really stressing me out. I'm really excited about meeting those deadlines. It's a huge weight off my shoulders. Um, every time I have those kinds of like extreme time sensitive uh, projects, I always finish them and then say like, oh, I'm never gonna do that again. Uh, Cause it's, they really do suck. Um, when you have to get high quality, high level work done in a very short amount of time or a very particular amount of time and you have no flexibility, it, it adds so much more stress to the whole equation. Uh, we like working for clients directly it's it's ne it's rarely when it, it's never when it's directly for a client that there's crazy time pressure it's all it was almost always through a general contractor um because they have you know their reputation and and their client relationship depends on how something goes so when it's not like the relationship you build with the client and when time like when timeline changes it could be a weather thing um exterior that's what we were dealing with there's an understanding there's a level of communication and accountability there but when you work for a general contractor they have a whole nother set of pressures um, and everything gets pushed down um, Slater asked about how the wall turned out the wall turned out great uh, we're sort of waiting for um, the whole place to be put together when the lighting is not on there was this lighting that was going to shine down on it when the lighting's not on it doesn't like it doesn't look unbelievable. Um, so we're waiting for the lighting to come up. I'll post some pictures of it. Uh, it does look sweet. Uh, we just, I don't know, I, so much stuff going on. I, I slacked this week on Instagram as far as posting um, on the feed. But the, the metal wall, I mean, we learned a ton. That is That was a, a lot of metal to spray. Um, we were spraying it on a compromised substrate that was Definitely in hindsight, we probably would have not taken on the project in that form and made sure that the substrate was sound before we started. Um, but you know, spraying 20 pounds of metal on a wall is pretty crazy. It turned out amazing. Um, when the space is done, we'll have the final photos. Um, but for our first time spraying um, that amount of bronze on a wall, I mean, it's crazy. They have a bronze wall for their fireplace accent. Uh, it's insane. Um, yeah, so but back to what I was talking about with the, the time pressures. Um, this this weekend was nice. I got stuff done around the house. We were supposed to go to Vermont, but it was uh, going to pour rain up there. And we're not allowed. We're, we're doing some social distancing with my in-laws, so we would have been sitting on the, the uh, porch in the pouring rain. Um, so I got to stay home, sort of rest and recuperate, didn't have to drive four and a half hours each way to Vermont, which is nice. Uh, I get to do some painting in my own house. 
Um, I posted on the stories, my wife and I, I see my wife and I always, it's Sarah and I, she's always like, I'm, I'm Sarah. Um, she helped me edge. She was saying she was edging in instead of cutting in. She was edging in um, our patio. And we were, thanks to Jake Bresson, who's on here, I thinned my uh, concrete stain even more. I mean, it's that we use a solid color stain, concrete stain, and uh, we thinned it out pretty well. Uh, it comes thin, but we, we thinned it out even more. Uh, hopefully it, it really soaked in there. I was talking with Jake about it um, in the last week. And I think Mickey the painter was the one who was came up with the idea or had suggested if you have an adhesion issues to thin the first coat. Um, so I thinned it, it was super runny. I have some videos of applying it. I was taking a five gallon bucket and submerging the roller in the paint and then putting it on the floor, which for the level of detail that we are usually doing, um, that, that was kind of, that kind of hurt the first time I did it. I thought it was actually funny. I, I recorded it, I'll be posting it just how sloppy um i was and even like the cutting around like the where the concrete met like this little retaining wall that has all this like outgrowth of plants and stuff you know just like getting the brush dirty who cares moving on i i never i don't paint much but when i do paint we're not doing very much who cares moving on type of stuff my wife and i were joking and we were saying we were calling it uh gestalt painting it's 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 about the overall picture all the little details aren't as important. We're, we're, we were doing gestalt painting, which um, we get kept getting kicked out of. Anytime something wasn't perfect, it was just like, yeah, no big deal. It's, it's about the overall. We were taking really old concrete patio and applying um, solid color stain to it. Um, so it worked out. We power washed it. We uh, etched it and then um, with muriatic acid. Which, my wife's a scientist, she thinks it's hilarious that it's called muriatic acid. Um, muriatic acid is an old school term for hydrochloric acid. Um, so it's, it's, the technical term for that is actually hydrochloric acid. But colloquially now we will call it muriatic acid because that's what it was called for a long time. Uh, so if you want to sound real smart to your clients, don't use muriatic acid, use hydrochloric acid when you're etching your concrete. Um, if you read the can, it actually says hydrochloric acid or read the bottle it says hydrochloric acid um that that brought up when i was at sherman williams um it does sound cooler than muriatic muriatic is old school apparently um but th it it brought up something i wanted to talk about tonight too uh so we'll talk about timeline stuff i want to talk about some of these pre-mixed solutions at the paint stores and the big box stores and how big of a ripoff they are um, if you go to the Sherwin-Williams store and you look at the H&C concrete coatings section and you read the can and it says how to prepare the surface, it says to use H&C phosphoric acid to etch your concrete. Um, if you were to buy this phosphoric acid, it comes ready mixed, not in concentrate. It's $35 a gallon for ready mixed phosphoric acid, it, which is, means it's fairly diluted, um, which is insane. That is such a ripoff, first of all. Anytime you're buying any of these chemicals and they're pre-mixed with water, like you're paying for the shipping of water and you're paying, like, 
concentrates are always so much more cost effective. And there, I'll give you a few examples of those concentrates. But I was shocked when I when I saw. I was like, oh my god, phosphoric acid, thirty five dollars. And I read. I think I'm gonna look at it. It's gonna say like mix like five to one with water and apply. And it says no. This gallon will cover a hundred to hundred and fifty square feet, which is insane. So, you know, you're looking at a lot more money in um, acid to etch your concrete. So instead, I, I go around the corner to the end cap at Sherman Williams, and there's a, a jug of muriatic acid, hydrochloric acid, also known as, um, and it's thirteen dollars a gallon, and it needs to be it. It's a concentrate, so. Not only is it almost a third of the price, but it's a concentrate that will make, I think we were, th we were doing four to one. So now you're looking at one gallon being a, what's $3.50? So it's 10 times cheaper to use the concentrated muriatic acid. And it's actually better if you, if you do your homework. The hydrochloric acid or muriatic acid is a better concrete etcher than phosphoric acid. Phosphoric acid is just a little bit, uh, I think it's not quite as harsh and is more like homeowner friendly. But think about that. By just doing a simple, I, I had to do a simple Google search to make sure that I wasn't crazy and that muriatic acid and phosphoric acid could both etch concrete. And in fact, that, that Google search turned up that muriatic acid, that's what I'm gonna call it, that's what's on the label, but again, hydrochloric acid, is a better concrete etcher than phosphoric acid. So it's better and it's 10 times cheaper. Now this is not, you might say that's insane. How could they ever do that? Well, when you buy the gallon of stain and it says on it, here's how to prepare the surface, buy our H and C phosphoric acid and etch your concrete. Okay, people just think that that's what they should do. And so then you end up spending a, they must all be sitting in their offices laughing their butts off when people buy that stuff um it, it's insane to think that you're going to spend 35 dollars a gallon for a pre-mixed phosphoric acid con um not concentrate to etch your concrete so i thought that was hilarious um and this is my next my next point is what turner just brought up so there's another even more horrible markup that they must really laugh at us at at the paint store and Turner just brought it up and I have been caught I've, I've spent hundreds I spent thousands of dollars on the pre-mixed deck wash the deck stripper there I think Benjamin Moore calls it or Sherman Williams calls it uh like something revive and brightener I think they call it um Preston, are you? I can't tell by that if you're being facetious or not. Um, but okay, so sorry, I just got distracted. I, I have a tendency to do that. Um, but if you're gonna wash a deck, there you go to Sherwin Williams. They have a again a ready mix concentrate. This is very bad. You never want to buy liquids not in concentrate um, or, or stuff like that if you can, because you're paying now for water in a jug. And it, in marketing, oh, a gallon is $35 a gallon. Well, if it's mixed with a bunch of water, that sucks. So, yes, John's onto it. If you're going to wash a deck and you go to Sherwin-Williams and you buy their Revive, which is like 
there's a chemical you can buy that's exactly like it. So you buy this Revive, and it's it's in a gel form, and it sticks to surfaces great. And it's it's going to deteriorate and eat away. Uh, it's a stripper, and it will strip your old stain off. It is, so I did the calculations, and I, I it's been a, two years now since I did it. But I, can, I will conservatively say it's 120 times more expensive than if you buy those chemicals in bulk. I'm going to say that one more time. Uh, it's a hundred and twenty times more expensive to go to Sherwin-Williams and buy the chemicals ready mixed in those jugs. That is insane. So any of you, and you can, so this is what I tell everybody. You can, so you go to the power washer stores, supply stores. Um, I want to say it starts with an A. It's in Pennsylvania. I forget. If you guys send me a DM, I'll go to my shop and I'll send you a picture of the label. So the, the Dex Stripper is one of the products. You can buy a 50 pound bag of it in powder form. That will literally last all of us the rest of our careers. The 50 pound bag that I bought will literally last me the rest of my life. I'll never buy another one. And let's say conservatively, I think it was less than this, but I wanna say I spent $200 to have it, to buy it and to have it shipped to me. It was less than 200, but I'm pretty sure. But let's say it's 200 bucks. That 50 pound bag, I can't even tell you the mix ratio, but it's like a cup makes five gallons. I mean, that 50 pound bag makes, I did the math one time, and whatever it is, it equals, I think, I wanna say it's 140 times, but let's just say it's 120. Yes, Phil actually used some of that bag. So there, you can go to the store I, I did a job one time. It's so embarrassing. I did a job before I knew any better. And I think we, we spent like $1,200 on those chemicals from, from uh, Sherwin-Williams, which would have been $12 had I just bought the concentrate. That's insane, right? So do your homework. Know what you're using. What are, what, I've always been obsessed with this, I guess, anyway. But like, what is in this gallon? Why am I applying this product? What, what's the chemistry that's behind this? And when you look at some of these products that like this deck stripper and oh, and then the brightener. So then the brightener is exactly the same thing. The brightener is again, another 20, $25 a gallon. And it's already mixed with a bunch of water. It's ridiculous. And you put it in a pump sprayer and you do a, like a fucking, I'm sorry, a freaking 150 square feet of the deck with a gallon, right? Instead, you can buy oxalic, oxalic acid and citric acid, again, in 50-pound bags for... Look up how much a 50-pound bag of citric acid is in powder form. It's ridiculously cheap. And it will last you the rest of your career. So even the restore deck which if you go to like stain, uh, uh, stain or whatever, the, the people who sell Armstrong Clark, because I I went I graduated from the concentra- the non concentrates from Sherman Williams and Benjamin Moore. I graduated to I thought I had hit the jackpot when I moved up to those powdered concentrates, uh, the, the, which is what we're talking about the powder that they sell. I think it's called Restore Deck Stripper and Brightener. Um, they sell them online and they sell them in some stores. But if you do the math on that, I want to say it's like forty times cheaper to buy in bulk. 
it's it's not 140 but it's like 40 times i believe if you look at what you pay per pound of product and if you go look at what a 50 pound bag is from a power i got mine from a power washing um distri distributor they sell all sorts of stuff like that um but a it was a, actually the owner of armstrong clark is the jake clark one of the owners is the guy who told me about this um and I bought those 50 pound bags and I will never buy those bags again. And they're, you're, again, you're saving 120 times. It's 120 times cheaper to buy the concentrate. And I think it's 140, but you guys do the math. Somebody please do this. If you go to this, if you ever go to the store again and buy those concentrated paint strippers and um, brighteners for decks, I'm telling you there's a better way and not just better, 120 times cheaper better so if you don't like money i get it but i like money i'm trying to be a profitable business um so again buy powder concentrate so that for any of you guys on here who missed we i got down this road because of the um acid etching of the concrete that we did so we used agency um solid uh solid color stain yes that's what i'm looking that's what i'm trying to say forget what it was called but I have very little experience um, putting solid color, putting stain on concrete. Uh, but I have this patio at our house that's old concrete. I used some patch, I mixed up some patch, I put some on and we brightened up our patio and it looks great. Um, but it was, it was gestalt painting. It's, it was about the bigger picture. It was not about the little details. Don't look in the corners. There's plenty of little tiny leaves that got painted over in, a, in the corner on the edge. I just didn't care. We were just putting coating down and moving on. It was a, it's a very therapeutic experience, I have to say, um, when you come from the world of, of fine paints of Europe, gloss and everything being perfect. Just like, oh, and then, so then I, I, I made Mickey really proud. I'll post this video. But I, I was dipping the roller completely, half inch roller completely in the bucket of the five gallon bucket and then coming out and rolling it. And that was fast, right? No roller tray, no like getting the excess off, just like drips of paint everywhere, like laying it on. And then I took a moment and I was like, why don't I just pour this stuff on the floor and then roll it around? So my wife, so Sarah took a video of me. Um, the one problem was we were in pretty direct sunlight and so when you put that heavy amount on, you could move it around pretty good and it would spread. But after a minute, it didn't want to spread very well. Um, so I didn't keep doing it. Um, and the second coat, I just dipped and rolled. It was, it, the second coat went so much faster than the first coat. Um, but yeah, we'll see. now I'm really interested to see how well the solid color concrete stain is going to perform and what better way to test it than on your own house. Um, we have three units in our house that we rent and we live in one so we have a lot of traffic that goes back and forth over that patio uh, one of the doors to the houses is over there so it's going to take a beating and we use a fairly light color uh, we did use it we did have like very old like fairly old concrete like it, it was porous so i think that'll be on our side uh, i didn't let it dry very long i, I cleaned it yesterday finished cleaning it at like four o'clock um, and started staying today at a, a little afternoon. So again, you read those H&C concrete 
TDS sheets, and it doesn't say anything about moisture content of the concrete that I could see. It only says wait 24 hours. I can't stand that stuff. When you talk about we're going to just make up 24 hours, well, what if it's 24 hours of 90% humidity? Is that okay? What if it's 20, Is do I need 24 hours if it's like, like 5% humidity and 100 degrees outside? Like, when they talk about like, oh, wait 48 hours to recoat, like give me a parameter, especially with like substrates, give me a parameter to look at. Like when we look at plaster, we're using pH test kits and moisture test kits. Um, so it's, it's like an objective decision. Is the pH in the range that I need? Is the moisture content in the range that I need? If I'm saying, well, just wait seven days. Well, again, what does that actually mean? So it, I was shocked to see that the uh, TDS sheet um, didn't have a percentage that it wanted the concrete to be dry or a moisture content of the, con of the concrete. Um, like if you're gonna use a s exterior stain, it's gonna talk about what is the moisture content of the wood that they want um, so that you don't have too much moisture in that wood. So that was kind of weird. Um, again, we don't use a lot of solid color stain on concrete. We don't coat a lot of concrete. Um, we do, we do some, but when I usually do it, it's like super above and beyond crazy epoxy from Sherwin-Williams. Um, so that was interesting. Tonight's episode is uh, unofficially sponsored by uh, my desperation seltzer. I had to, I ran out and I had to go to the convenience store next door to get some. Um, what is this stuff? Like berry, raspberry, lime, Poland spring, not the best, but keeps me hydrated while I just absolutely ramble on this monologue. What's up? Oh, hi. Um, yeah, so let's let's get into questions. The, the timeline thing, um, again, I'm going to say now, oh no, I haven't. I saw, I think I saw somebody drinking Topo Chico. Is it flavored though? I'm not an unflavored seltzer guy. I like, I like my flavored seltzer. Um, and man, do I drink a lot of it. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I definitely have a very like scientific mind. And when you don't give me objective parameters, it's why I've always struggled to talk to the Sherwin Williams reps, especially the poor guys that work in the store. I, I got cut pretty short with them when I went in there. I don't know why I do it. I, I What's the difference between the solvent-based and water-based uh, concrete stain? Oh, well, let me tell you, the, the, the solvent is, is like an oil. You know, it's like an oil, so it's going to be more durable. Like, it's it cleans up with paint thinner. I'm like, oh, man. Like, that's not what I was looking for. I'm, like, looking for real objective differences. Can you tell me what's the difference between the solvent and the water? Why do they make both? Instead, you get, like these real they're super subjective qualitative descriptions of stuff that's like he's like i'm like well is there someone here that does understand this product system and can tell me the differences oh yeah yeah, yeah. you should talk to steve so i'm like all right steve what's the difference tell me the real difference between these two he's told me the exact same thing no i did not get the solvent um i did not get the solvent yeah, if, if I had to guess what I think that the solvent probably has better adhesion, yeah, I, but 
I don't know. It, it wasn't for my project. I didn't do an extensive amount of homework. Um, <laughs> oh, Shane just said if you tried turning it on and off again. That's the kind of stuff that you get from the average Sherwin-Williams. Now, we all know that we all have our go-to people at our paint stores. That I, I, There's a the manager of my home Sherwin-Williams store, Joanne. She is so knowledgeable. She's been working with Sherwin-Williams for, I don't know, 25 years. She's incredibly knowledgeable. If I ask her a question, she's not going to give me a load of BS. She's going to tell me objective things about the product systems. Or she might even tell me, I don't know. My God, what a miracle to hear a rep say, I don't know, let me get back to you. That's a beautiful thing. But this like, literally the, the poor kid, he, he gets, I'm, I'm looking at the pamphlet for color, and I'm looking at the pamphlet, and, and he like takes the pamphlet from me, and he starts to like read it to me. And I'm just like, oh man. <laughs> so I sat him down, I was like, do you know who I am, son? No, I didn't say that at all. But when you walk into these places and these poor kids, you're like, he's just got the job last year, right? Like, he doesn't know. And I'm like, finally, I just said, do you know anything about this? Like, and he finally had to just kind of admit, I don't. So, again, like, it just makes you realize when homeowners, are, there was a homeowner in there, and I was watching this, like, debacle of decisions being made. When, when a homeowner per- walks into a paint store, um, it's just, it's not good. Like, hire professionals or or pay professionals to consult on your projects especially ones that have any type of uh, scale to them where things could go wrong and could cost you a lot of money um, it's scary if you go into the average Sherman Williams on an average especially on the weekends when the managers not the real managers not working and the, the assistants working uh, if you don't get a good one that can just say I don't know let me get back to you um, which is, is a hard thing to say in our world you know everybody needs to know everything all the time um, but I was just like oh man this guy doesn't know anything um, and yeah I mean yeah I, I oftentimes I can't help it when I'm in there I'll end up interjecting my dog just came in again I'll end up interjecting into a conversation with a, a homeowner and the paint store people because I can just see like this isn't going to go anywhere. Let me help. Um, let's see. People are saying things and I'm not seeing them. Yeah. I don't know is a great answer, right? It's the best answer. Oh, and talk about a way to build trust. You know, I talk about every every conversation I have with John Shearer, I started talking about him on here. but And he was saying the same thing. It's the power of saying I don't know uh, is huge. Um, the biggest problem is when they, they tell the customer and the customer comes with the attitude like he or she knows more than you. Yeah, it's tough, man. It's tough. I feel for them. They're in a tough position. But, yeah, there's something about the Sherwin-Williams and the, just the number of employees they have and the number of stores they have that makes it so that they can't have a very high average paint IQ. And there's something about that that's definitely hurting our industry. Uh, I, I think 50 years ago, you weren't going to buy your own paint if you're a homeowner. And so the painter was in control of all these things. And, and now it's like, yeah, you watch the show on TV. You go to, God forbid you go to Home Depot or Lowe's to ask about paint. You know, I can't imagine what kind of advice you're getting from them. You know, 
Sherwin-Williams, at least there's some institutional knowledge from some people who have been there for a long time and seen the problems and dealt with some stuff. But if the homeowner is doing their homework by talking to Sherwin-Williams about paint, if you're doing homework about paint by talking to the average Sherwin-Williams rep, I just think that that's not the way to go. You really you need to talk to the chemist. You need to read TDS sheets. You need to understand what's going on and, and talk to the, the people in those companies that really do know their stuff. Uh, let's see. We got some questions here. Uh, so somebody asked me what product did I use. I used H&C Color. I want to say it was like Color or something. I don't know. It was solid color stain. Um, someone asked, am I sealing the surface afterwards with anything? Uh, no, I know it said on there there was an option to put a clear coat over the top. I will not be doing that 100%. I was done after, I was doing whatever it took um, to be done today. Um, <laughs> I actually, I, I posted in, this, in my story about it. I was going to um, do like ha like do most of it, color top, that's what it was called. I was gonna do most of the patio, but there's two of my tenants the only way they can get in the house is through a door that they would have had to walk over my, they'll have to walk over the concrete to get to. So I was gonna do two of the squares, put a plank over the top of it, let them come and go, let it dry up overnight. And then tomorrow, um, take the plank and take the plank off, coat the square I didn't coat and put the plank over that for a day. Which again, like if I was doing this for a client and there was like higher stakes involved, that's what I would do. But I just decided to, uh, so right now we have a we have a downstairs door that people can use to they can use to get in, but it doesn't have a lock. You can't lock it from the outside. So it's open tonight. Before I go to bed, I'll lock that door, and then they'll have to come and go through that concrete. And it won't be 24 hours before any light foot traffic. It'll be 12. But again, I don't trust half these um, timelines. So I think I should be okay. I decided to not put the plank. I just finished the whole surface, and it'll probably be. I don't know, eight hours later and people will be walking over it and we'll see how it goes. Um, yeah, the Sherwin-Williams guys, they're good. I know a couple of the guys there. They're, they're always at PCA. Um, they are playing a middle of the bell curve game. And that's it. And and I don't, I don't play a middle of the bell curve game. So we don't really jive well. And we we I have conversations with a couple of the of the guys that are that are there. Um, one guy's fairly high up. We've had dinner a few times at PCA events. Great guy, but we we're just like my company and what we do is not super tailored to Sherwin Williams stuff. Sherwin Williams is is a massive company, and they are looking at the middle of the bell curve. So little guys on the side like talking about stuff doesn't really do a lot to move the needle. They're they're looking at big picture numbers and, and deciding things on a, a very different set of parameters than what I do for my company. Um, so I understand like there's not a lot I, my input is gonna, they're not trying to like make guys like me happy. As much as my rep might try to make me happy and sell me paint, sure Williams is not, as a company, is not trying to sell paint to companies like me. I mean, they've made an attempt at this designer edition Emerald. We'll see how that goes. But I, generally, these large companies, I just don't think they're targeting the niche markets because um, it's just that's a lot easier to target the middle of the bell curve when you're that size. It's, it's that's just kind of where they're set up to to play. I think 
from what I understand. I have I've had a number of people ask me about my shoes again. Um, I'm absolutely in love with my flofers. I actually have them on right now inside. I don't know why I have them on. Um, but I got paint all over my flofers. Tomorrow I'm going to go to the shop. I'm going to take a scrub brush and I'm going to clean these things up and they're going to be brand new again. It's going to be amazing. I absolutely love these shoes. If you do get them, they run wicked small. I usually wear size 10 and a half shoe. Those are size eight. Um, but they're wicked comfortable and I'm, I'm a big fan. If you can't tell, they're in all my videos. Uh, I wear them all the time. For my birthday, my wife got me some really fancy loafers that I are all leather from Todd's. They're phenomenal. I'm such a, like, I love shoes. But you can't wear them anywhere. They, there's leather on the, it's, it's like the same leather on the top is the leather on the bottom with these little, like, rubber dots. I walked over some gravel and it, the bottom of the shoes, like, it's destroyed. It's, it's like croc material, but it's company called Flofers. Um, God, they're comfortable. They're amazing. I can put them on without using my hands, like, put your foot in, curl your toes up, and the heel slides just in. Oh, there's like nothing better. Oh man, coming from like I was a guy who loved flip flops, um, but they're very unprofessional, and I would always put shoes on in the in the truck just before I got out of the truck, and I walked job, job sites in flip flops plenty of times. Um, it's it's really not awesome, but man, those flofers changed my life. Instagram ads got me good. I'm very happy about that purchase, but do I do people do ask about them a lot. Um, my somebody named Cole Taco asked me a question: Who is a better sprayer, you or Phil? Um, and who who has better brushwork? Um, that's a question. Yeah, coupon code for Flopers, man. I gotta get it. I gotta get some promo deals going. I'm out here hustling for these guys. Um. But no, I, I just think they're great shoes. They're 60 bucks. Like, you can't go wrong. Just get way smaller size than you think you need. Because I I have no idea how my first pair I bought was a size 8. I did it on accident, honestly. If, I figured out if you go to the website and you, like, check out and you don't select size, size 8 is the auto size. So I must have done that and got insanely lucky. Because I bought a – they came, I wore them, and I was like, they're so comfortable. They fit perfect. So I went online, I bought another pair, American flag ones, and I got them in size 10, like I would always get them in, and they are so big. And I actually wrote an email to the, the company, I feel like such an idiot. I wrote an email to the company, like, I got a size 10 in American flags, and they're way bigger than the size 10 in your Navy ones. They're like, oh, sorry, send us a new one, and we'll fix it for you. Um, and then I was like, randomly looking at the bottom of the, of the shoe, and it says size 8. I went back in my order form, and sure enough, I ordered a size 8. So I don't know how that happened. I got really lucky. But they're incredibly small, just for the record. Oh, man. Sorry, paint finisher. I'm going to answer the question. Um, I think it's, it's too broad of a question to answer. Um, I will say that Phil is probably better with a brush than me. I, I haven't used a brush in quite a while um, at any type of scale. I think... I have way more experience spraying fine paints of Europe than Phil, and I, I think so. That's not really a fair comparison either. I, so I think I have him there. Um, and then the 2K Poly Phil is sprayed is probably sprayed more than me at this point. I 
didn't I, I never got into spraying much of it always had that was a later thing so he's probably better at spraying 2k poly than me as well um but dude i have gun skills and i have brush skills like you can't believe i have to say like dude i'm nasty at painting um and i, I like let's go who wants to who wants to challenge me my team will tell you like dude when i get when i actually do work like i'm good i just don't do a lot of it anymore um not to toot my horn or anything but no i, I think my spray skills um are something I've honed. I've sprayed a ton. Um, that's that's what I've done a lot of. So, there there's your answer, guys. But we don't look at it that way. Honestly, we're not in competition with us. Don't put us in competition with ourselves. We are a team. We're all trying to be better. But man, what a team we have right now. Let me tell you, we have a dream team of eight individuals that are absolutely crushing. I couldn't be more proud of the people that work for ZK Painting right now. Um, it's it's just it's so cool to have the caliber of individual that we have. Um, four years ago, I didn't know it existed. I didn't know you could do this. Um, so, very very cool. Super grateful for everything. Okay, Bresson said, asked a question about knowing the difference between systems that must go together and marketing schemes. Oh, he was talking about. I th so, to that question, yeah, and that's what I would say, Phil. I, I would agree. I think Phil is Phil is is better at two K poly than me, um, and I got FP on him. And it, but honestly, that comes down to like gallons through the gut, um, which is like when you're competent. That's always what it's going to come down to is like how many hours uh, or uh, with the 10,000 hour thing um, concentrated sorry concentrated practice that was disgusting I apologize everybody um, what was I just talking about oh Breston had a, a tremendous question I think that this is how do you know when you have to use the full complete system that the company recommends and when it's just there for marketing um Boy, that's a tough one. I mean, you have to know your coding science, like as, as weird as that sounds. Like, I think that's what it is. It's, it's understanding coding science. What is inside the gallon? What makes up a gallon of paint to start with? My dog is completely agreeing with everything I'm saying right now. It's tremendous. Bear, easy. Um, she likes to stare out the window and bark at the world. Anytime a dog walks down the street, man, it's over. Uh, but I, so I think understanding um, types of prop paint, types of coatings, right? Like oil-based, shellac, primers, like enamels, breathability, experience. I, there's the biggest problem about, about experience with coating systems. And in our business is it's, I think it's pretty, it's not very informative. Let me, let me explain why. I, I don't think you can say, well, that's how I've done it and didn't have any problems. I did it one time, didn't have any problems. So this is the way to do it. I think that's, I, I, I get really worried when I hear people saying that kind of stuff. Because let's be honest, I fixed a lot of painters work that they had no idea failed. 
I, I don't think that we always get to find out when our, our work fails. Uh, it's fairly rare, especially when it fails after six months, a year, two years. Like, if it fails after two years, oh, man, rarely are you going to find out. It's going to take a, a unique set of circumstances for you to find out that your coding system failed two years later. One second, my dog needs to get out again. She just goes back and forth. Go ahead. Um, so that's that's kind of my point when, when people say like, oh, well this, in my experience, this worked. It's like, well, did you do a scientific study? Did you truly test this? Did you, did you like control your variables? And you did it exactly the same way. That you did, you did this, all things being equal, you use this coding system and you use this coding system and you use them to the letter of how they're designed. And then you went back and you checked on them every six months for three years. And it, like, is that how you arrived at your experience? Or did you apply it? It looked good the day you walked away and the client never called you back. If that's the case, I don't think we can like really say, oh man, I know that worked. Because I can tell you, there's plenty of jobs where I did stuff on that I never went back and saw it. Like, you know, especially back in the day when I, I was not good at developing relationships with clients. And I, there's, but there's also like, when it fails, they're not calling you back. They're calling somebody else. So how are you going to know? Um, yeah, there's a lot of anecdotal evidence in the coding's industry. And... And that's the kind of stuff that I can't stand. And and that's why like the industrial guys have it down. They have like inspectors that come and inspect their work with like crazy technology to see how many mill thick how much mill thickness is on there. It, are the is the coding system right? Was the surface preparation to the S SSPM? What's that? ASMR? What is that? There's the there's a, a rating that you have to follow for different surface preparations for metal and stuff. But the industrial world, the scale is is so the um, the scale is or the stakes. That's the word I'm trying to say. The stakes are so high in industrial painting that they have incredibly objective, not anecdotal evidence as to how they do their painting. That is something that our industry our our residential world could learn a lot from and, and I'm not sure the answer but uh, although John down here might have an answer John said uh, we do 10 to 12 checkup I'm guessing month checkup first two years and six to eight months after two years besides learning from your prep and product it also keeps the referrals coming that's a great technique that's because you have a legit company legit companies have systems in place to keep touch with clients most of these small craftsmen guys we suck at continuing the conversation and and keeping it going with clients and having a system for doing that it's like in your head like oh did I, did I remember to follow up with that client no I'm sure John you have a system that just gets followed which is awesome um, but yeah I, and it depends on the type of coding like Dan's talking about following the spec sheet as much as possible I think that's that's true. That's definitely true for um, like the commercial coatings. If you go to like ML Campbell 
and you talk to ML Campbell about how to apply their coding. Like they have done some testing, right? Because the stakes are higher. You know, you, they're selling to full cabinet companies who are putting out, you know, millions of dollars of the cabinets every year. And if they tell them the wrong way to apply that coding, the stakes are really high and it costs a lot of money. Now, the flip side of that is you go buy a gallon of exterior paint. We're talking about Sherwin Williams, who cares about the middle of the bell curve. Those spec sheets are not going to be very detailed, and they're not going to necessarily be um, well thought out and tested. In fact, if you read a lot of them, it's like they're copy and pasted from another comp another paint label. And it's like, wait, these two are identical. These 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 two paints aren't very similar. How are they identical? Well, you find out they just copy and pasted the the um, the labels. So. I think you have to be careful. Um, yeah, and the, the warranties on paint are a joke because let's, let's be honest, if paint fails, um, the paint is the tiny portion of the cost to fix it. Um, and that's why, again, anytime you're doing things, on, it's, at, it's at scale where the stakes are high where you really have an issue. And, and that's where on, on our larger jobs, you're doing full-scale samples, right? And mock-ups and testings. And, but when it's a tiny job, you, you got to get it done. Uh, we don't... I, I'm, I've been talking with uh, a guy in Holland and coming on the show. We do not have college to learn our trades. Um, if you want to be a painter in the United States of America, you can call yourself a painter, pretty much. You can go pay um, like 150 bucks, take a class, have a light contractor's license now. Maybe you spend another 500, you get some insurance. Uh, so for under a grand, you're a paint, co you're a contractor um, in the state of Rhode Island, which is insane. With and you literally could have never touched a paintbrush in your life. Um, so yeah, the bar is really low in our industry for paint um, for. It, for the in the painting industry, the bar barrier to entries are almost nothing, um, which is great if you're great, and it sucks for most of us because there's a bunch of people who are just like eroding our trade and, and sort of our reputation, uh, the brand as it will as it were. Um, I just started listening. I, I'm so bad with listening to new podcasts. Once you get your podcast set up schedule set up, it's tough, right? So that's why I'm sure that's why none of you have listened to my podcast. In podcast form because your schedules are set for your podcast but if you'd like to listen to a new podcast you can listen to this on spotify and on apple itunes but i was listening to um a podcast what's that it's advice from a young tradesman uh awesome dude and he was talking about um what was he talking about i just completely spaced i'm reading sentences while talking about podcasting um yeah, I, I don't know. Lost that one there. ML Camel will almost always tell you operator error. Yeah, that's what I've experienced the same thing. Oh, the college for the trades. Um, he was talking about the skills gap and, and the, the lack of people coming in the trades. And he was talking about the brand. The brand that the painting industry has is needs some work, right? If you're at a dinner, like, let's be honest, I, I don't know, I, probably every single one of us here, if not most of us here, when we were, especially earlier on in the trades, but like when you're in the trades and you're, you go to a dinner party and 
it's like, oh, what do you do? And it's like, oh, I'm a painter. Like, it. That's 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 the shitty, the crappy branding of our trade. It needs to be like, I'm a painter. Like, carpentry is 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 doing making great strides in this, right? Carpentry is cool and sexy again. And there's a lot of young people who are like, cool, you know, I'm a, I'm a hipster carpenter, dude. Like, look at me. It's freaking cool to be a carpenter. It's not cool to be a painter yet. And it's our job as painters to make this stuff cool. Because it's cool. We get to transform spaces. We put the icing on the cake. Let's be real. Building the cake, that's boring, man. No one wants to watch a cake be made. Frosting a cake, that's where it's at. We are the frosters of the cake. The carpenters bake the cake. Like, who cares? But somehow it's sexy to be a carpenter right now. And the painting trade, we like, we are not doing our job to make this an attractive thing for young people. Um, so that's one of my things. I, I and, and what he was doing on there, too, is trying to elevate the make do branding better all right jake well you're you're a freak of nature then you can leave now he said i'm not on that boat i'm so proud number one son <laughs> it's it's just it's a, it's tough to be especially if you're hanging out with white collar workers right uh you know most of my friends i grew up with we all went to college, um, and most of them are all, you know, accountants, lawyers, doctors, whatever. That they're, they're doing something. They went to college, and you know, this is the making paint painting great again show. Yeah, this is the this is that's my new slogan: make painting great again. Um, but it's I, I just think like we, as as business owners and as painters in general, can all. It should all be thinking about how to make this a more attractive um, field to go into. And I, I think a lot of it is how we carry ourselves and the level of professionalism that we bring to the table. When you, you know, in our in my company, we try to ha carry that, right? There's, there's great respect for the work, there's great respect for the client, and there's great respect for the, the fellow craftspeople. When you have a high level of respect and you hold things in high regard, it's more attractive, right? When it's just like, oh, like whatever, we just like just like put paint on stuff and you know we go home and go to the bar, like nobody wants to do that. That's like last resort kind of work, if it's that. Um, you know, it's just it's just one of those things where I think that the painting trade has a ways to go. I think there are a number of people who are working to try to to do have some better branding um but it's tough the paint finisher said i should read these before i read them out loud but i don't uh there are two types of people in the world one that walk in the room and say here i am and the others that walk in and says and say there you are the ones who say oh there you are is the best consultant um i'm not sure i completely follow but i understand what you're saying a little bit um I just think I, I can I remember so growing up I was in college and then my girlfriend at the time was in medical school and so I was hanging out with all these kids in medical school 
and we'd go to parties, we'd go to dinner parties, we'd go out to dinner and like whatever at the bar, and it's like, well, what do you do? And it, I'd be like, well, I'm a, I'm a high end painter, and I had to like qualify and qualify and qualify, and like, I don't know, I felt super subconscious about that, um, being a painter and like, I don't know, I, I was always trying to like justify why it was good because there wasn't a lot of like societal, like, oh, you're you're a painter. You beautify spaces. That's really cool, man. So you, you put the icing on those carpenters' cakes they build, bake, huh? That's amazing. Um, you know, that's just not a thing right now. Um, so hopefully guys like me and a bunch of other people, will, we, we can help. Tomorrow I have the, the PCA coming out. They, they flew a videographer, content creator guy out. Um, and he's coming to our job site tomorrow. And we're going to start making some videos and documenting, like, our company and the, the people in our company. Because I think we have cool people. They think we have cool people. And they think I'm cool, apparently. Uh, which is awesome. You know, it's, it's, it's an honor. But using that platform to elevate the, the trade and show young people, like, look, here are young people. They've came in. They did not come into my company as helpers. You can F off with that idea. And we've talked about it before. But they are not painters helpers. They came in as apprentices. And they're going to, there's an apprenticeship where they're going to learn from a master painter or journeyman, right? As it was in in the unions and stuff. How to be a master craftsman themselves. And like Phil and Dan, they do a great job at like teaching, but also like showing. Like those guys make good money. Like, hey, you can make good money in this. Like, this is a thing, and you can be, you can take pride in this. Um, if, if you want to be part of our team, send me a DM on Instagram. That is the every single person that works for my company right now. I think, except for one, the OG Arturo, who does not have Instagram. Uh, other than Arturo, I believe every single other person in the company sent me a DM on Instagram, and that's how we got connected. Um, so. If, if you want to come work for us, that's the way to go. Um, but yeah, I just think we have a long ways to go. I'm really happy that the PCA has saw something in our company and wants to start to document it and make a bunch of videos. I've been planning on making a YouTube channel where we document this stuff. So it's going to kind of go hand in hand and we're going to start to put out some like really high quality content that kind of just shows the trade for what it is like it's it's awesome like we are badass like we go into spaces and we're the last guys and girls like we're the last people and we put that icing on the cake and that is important and when it's done right it changes the feel of a look and feel of a space when it's done right it makes something last a long time when it's done wrong it can be a mess and the place can feel bad and the whole thing can look horrible and blah, blah 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 right we are important and our, our trade is important, and it's important that we hold our heads up high and, and we're proud to be painters. Um, I know I am, and it wasn't, I wanted to be for a long time, but I, I wasn't always. Um, so hopefully we can all do our part to like continue to bring this, the level of craftsmanship up. How many books have you read or listened to? Oh man, uh, a lot. Let's see. I will show you my my Audible. We can scroll my Audible. There's hundreds of books in my Audible account. I just finished Ego is the Enemy. It just uh, told me on here. 
forgot about that. But I, I have hundreds of books I've read on Audible because I drive a lot. So I, I think that like that's a great way to up your game. I, I'm obsessed with the idea, right? Okay, so a book, the, the way a nonfiction book is written generally is, is a very smart individual who's already probably has some like knowledge in an area decides to devote one to 10 to 20 years of their lives of their lives researching one topic so super smart person devoting their lives to a topic they take all that knowledge that they've gained and they condense it down into one little book and i can read that book and i can take that person's one two five ten years 20 years worth of research and i can digest it and i can be i can like take from their that can take their wisdom from all their hard work and i can digest that and download that into my brain like wow that is crazy like that's why humans are what we are today like drive down the road look at a building how crazy are we We're, human beings are insane we build this stuff like books are so powerful because it's all of that condensed knowledge that would take that's taken someone a lifetime in many cases to write and I can read it in a week and have all of it and then go to the next one and the next one. So I, whoever, pays, I, I'm a huge advocate of reading. Um, everyone's gone to bed. There's seven people in here now. Uh, or I put them all to sleep. Can I recommend a painting company in Cali that you can apply to? Um, what part of Cali? Because uh, my friend paint schooled here. He's hiring. He just told me he was looking for a guy named Jesus so that's ironic that you would mention that um, no he didn't say that but um, John from Paint School is a painter in California I know a number of painters in California what part of California are you from Jesus um, MTV needs this reality show what is MTV anymore anyway uh, there's two minutes remaining on this live before it cuts me off I'm gonna shut it down we're gonna come back in maybe we'll talk for 15 20 minutes uh, and we'll go from there. All right, everybody. We are back. It is part two of episode 22. That's three twos, two, two, two of ZK Live. We have been talking about elevating the um, overall branding of our trade of, as painters. I think it could be a lot better. We've talked about saving a ton of money on concentrates versus buying um, diluted products and materials um we've been t- what else have we talked about timelines deadlines we've talked about who's a better painter me or phil um it looks like it's frozen on me so i don't know if it's even recording oh it just froze on me hope you guys got all that so yeah we've been talking about some good stuff i think we're gonna not go for another hour here we're gonna keep it short but i have a few more questions um, to answer. Oh, maybe I don't have a few more questions. Maybe I should sign off. What does everybody think? Does anybody have any questions? I. What happened last week? Does anybody know? Um, yeah. So our, last week we had two deadlines that we were able to meet. One of them took an act of God, literally. Uh, it didn't rain when it was projected to rain. Uh, these two big storm clouds came 
right by our job site and just like both of them went right by um and we were able to keep painting all day long even though there was like an 80 percent chance of rain uh dark sky if you guys don't use dark sky oh man you're missing out best weather app out there it's so freaking accurate to like this the address that you're at um so thanks to dark sky we were able to keep working um it and because it didn't rain but we were able to know it wasn't going to rain um and the shoreline team crushed this exterior it was a huge exterior and they got it done with uh i think it was like six man six actual work days and they got a like i can't even tell you how many hundreds of man days um the project was but it's a lot um so we got that job done just in time um what are some things you're working on for the next three months for your business um just i'm we're trying to work on getting this youtube channel going where we're really creating content my again i'm trying to weigh out kick my coverage in a way like i'm i'm trying to build my marketing sales and marketing up like even stronger like I, I just I continue to double down and double down on social media and on marketing um, because I, I just think that that's the answer right now for my company so like honestly we have some big jobs lined up the guys are are crushing on them and I'm able to spend some time creating content we have the booth this week I believe Tuesday the makeup air unit gets delivered and I believe I think he said either by Friday it'll be set up or they're coming in on Friday. I can't remember. Um, I think by Friday the makeup air unit is going to be installed on the booth. So we were going to be streamlining our shop process that much more. We're going to be figuring out our makeup air unit. We're going to be baking on our coatings and we're going to be marketing the heck out of the fact that we can bake our coatings on. Um, so yeah, that's that's really the big the big push is going to be continuing to develop the relationships with the right type of clients, building the sales and marketing engine, um, because now I have the ability to sub work to Shoreline when I need to. Um, but I'm I'm not looking to add more than eight, maybe nine painters. I have one person that I do want to um, bring on um, only for Boston work, and so I may be bringing her on, and so she would be our ninth. Um, but yeah, mostly what I'm focused on is sales and marketing, to be honest. Like my team, they're crushing it. They're getting better on their own. Like they don't need me to do that. Um, and so do you, I pay for advertising? No, I don't pay for advertising. Yeah, I honestly, I've thought about um, the doors thing because the tough thing is like shipping them back like the shipping on them of the whole thing is we we had a we were talking with actually a company in the uk about doing like i forget how many gloss doors they needed done it fell through but um yeah i really do want to be able to like crank entry doors i have a couple of uh big entry doors coming up very high profile entry door on beacon hill that should sort of be a domino to a number of other um, high profile projects um, somebody asks about um, how can you get to know what the chemists know um, Dan 
Dan is, everyone should follow Dan down here, Dan Schaffner. Dan is an absolute gangster. I'm going to tell you about how much I like Dan in a minute. But Dan says, to get a footing with chemists, learn your solvents. And, and read Understanding Wood Finishing. The idea is to know what questions to ask. I wonder if I have that book. I'm not going to stop. I think I have that book over here or it's at my shop. Understanding Wood Finishing. It's a great book. Um, I think Dan, Dan is 100% right. You, you study the solvents first. And it, when you can start there and... I don't know. Like Just keep talking about paint with smart people all the time. I feel like that's like the best way it is it's about your network it's like developing a network of people that are into this kind of stuff is huge developing relationships with people at those companies that make coatings um let me tell you guys a story about dan and how dan is the man um so we have we just sold a project i'm pretty sure they they, they yeah actually we did we just sold a very big um project uh, for us it's, it's very big um, it's two two large rooms all new mahogany panels it's like god I can't even tell you it's it's got to be well over six figures just in the wood on these two rooms um, it's real mahogany and it's solid panels um, but the client came to us and they were like oh um I don't think you can listen to that, Bresson. I highly doubt it. Oh, Dan, you're hilarious. His finish is blushing. <laughs> um, that's a little paint coatings nerd talk right there. Um, but anyway, let's get back to the story. So a guy I've been trying to get in to do work for for years who, like, I've sent messages to with no response on Instagram. I... Uh, I just like known he exists. He does really high end woodworking. Um, I've had people I've, that know him. I've said, "Oh, put a word in for me," and nothing. Well, finally, uh, years. I, this is why you just you got to keep grinding and have patience. Years after this began of trying to do some work with this guy, I get a call from him, and he says, "Like, oh yeah," he says, "Like something like, hey, I've heard from a bunch of people. I should be talking to you," and I was like. Oh, really? I've been trying to talk to you for a long time. This is great. Um, and he had a, he had, he's like, well, I have a big project on a short timeline, like always, uh, that we need to get done. And he tells me about it. And he's like, we need four coats of tongue oil applied to this mahogany, these two mahogany rooms. I'm like, all right, we got you. No problem. So I go down to meet with the client and the designer uh, and the architect. And we're walking through and they tell me their plan. And we look at, so to be incredibly thorough, this this woodworker who's really good at what he does, coated all of the panels in one coat of tongue oil before they put them up, right? Because it's like a it's like paneling on a wall, just like a door, it's a, it's a freestanding panel that moves. So to be thorough as it moved, expanded and contracted, they coated the panel on all sides so that if it did move, you wouldn't see an uncoated edge. Awesome. Except for tongue oil was not the ideal coating for the situation. So the, the architect had specced tongue oil because they had used it on the other part of this project on the one of the other houses um, on the property and they liked it. 
but it was it's not the fit they, they wanted this room to feel differently so it was not a good fit for this room they they came, they told me like we want this room they showed me a picture of of a from a ma one of the mansions in Newport they're like this is the the look that we want uh, we want it to be as light as possible we don't we don't want it to be too dark like like suffocating mahogany we want it to be like light and bright but we want it to be golden brown and uh, I said well that sounds awesome but this tongue oil that you have over here it was making the wood like neon red and orange like this mahogany it was real mahogany and, and so these panels and this one built-in that they had already coated with some tongue oil were like fire red mahogany and you know personally I didn't think it looked very good but it's not my job to say it whether it looks good or not i'm just like do you like how it looks um so luckily i was able to get we was a two and a half hour meeting with the with the architect and the designer and the client with, with what started out with like conflicting desires that i had to like weed through to get to like what are we actually trying to get to so after about two and a half hours i felt like we had a really i had a really good grasp on the project what we needed to get done and i was able to go to the woodworker and get some panels that had the, the tongue oil on them. Now the tongue oil has been on there for like 60 days, 90 days. So it's, it's pretty well dried, but tongue oil, it's an oil, it just dove into this wood. So long story short, we have to sand out, we have to sand all of the panels on this project to a bare, to a fresh layer of wood to get the tongue oil off, which is a, not gonna be a small amount of sanding. Let's put it that way. It's extensive, extensive. There's probably 80 two by, one by two panels, uh, raised panels that need to be sanded. Like even the details, everything have to be sanded the, all the way down through mahogany, hardwood to get to a fresh layer. It's going to be a project. So, but anyway, I have this panel. Now the number one desire for this client is timeline. It's timeline, timeline, timeline. It's all they care about. They're a year behind schedule. It is a multi, multi, multi-million dollar build. It is a gorgeous home and with amazing finish. A amount of, there's a, um, over a million dollars worth of millwork in this house. It's, it's crazy. So, this, they're, all they care about is timeline, which is why Phil won't be working on this job, because the timeline we could never meet. But my boy Shoreline has got an army of people, so we can team up. But... They describe what they want, and I'm able to get, like, on a, it must have been, like, a Thursday or something. I forget what it was. But, like, a few days went by. Let's say four days went by. I was talking, making calls to people, trying to figure out how do I cancel out the reds? Do we use a shellac with some green pigment to balance out the reds? Blah, 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 right? And I get a call, and they're like, yo, I heard that there's another finisher that walked the project, but you better get some samples here quick. I'm like... Oh crap, no, I don't want to lose this amazing job. So my friend Dan, who was already working on a sample for us, I called I messaged Dan through Instagram because I saw he was a finisher in my area. So I called up Dan and I was like, Dan, I need your help. So Dan came drove to my shop on a Monday, picked up the sample at like 1.30 in the afternoon. It was a, a, a panel. And delivered me back a sample that the client, who is not a client that's gonna give praise. Like these are not the kind of people like, oh my God, this is awesome. Not that kind of people. Who multiple times were just like, wow, I'm. this is really impressive. This is a really impressive sample. Which was saying a ton. So 
Dan is the man. In a 24-hour period, and you guys got to see the schedule on this. It's He sanded down the panels of bare wood. He vinyl sealed it. He used a wiping, oil-based wiping stain, all with thoughts of how are we going to do this at scale and fast, right? There's a lot of parameters here and the look. So we seal the surface because now when we apply an oil-based, an oil-based wiping stain, it won't lap. It'll be more forgiving for shading because it'll be over a sealed surface. We're going to wipe on our oil-based stain. We're then going to seal it again. We're then going to wipe on our glaze. We're going to seal it again after that. And then we're going to top coat it. And this piece of mahogany looked so good. It was exactly what they wanted. Uh, so that's that's my shout out to Dan. You guys should all follow Dan. Dan is a huge coatings nerd as well. He's been in the business for a long time. He knows his stuff. He's been posting all these like vintage videos lately. Um, I'm a big fan of Dan. I'm a big fan of reaching out to people in your area. It, whether in your area or not. But in your area is a plus. Because then you can meet them in real life. Um, I just, I happened to see Dan was like, he made a comment on some post that I was looking at. And I just like, oh, that's a smart comment. Let me see who that is. And sure enough, he's in New London, Connecticut. So then I was like, oh, let me send this guy a message. Right? That's what Instagram is for. If you're not reaching out and making connections and developing connections with people in your network, in your area, you're missing out, man. I, I don't know. That, that's where I've gotten all the value I've gotten out of Instagram. Most of it has come from being proactive. Last week, I sent out seven or eight DMs to builders and designers that I really want to work with. Um, I may or may not have copied and pasted that message. Uh, <laughs> I'll be honest. Um, I, I did copy and paste a, a message to a number of a few builders with some tweaks to it. But... Along, if, and if you want to see that message, send me a DM and, and I'll send it to you, what I send them. Um, and I got a response from one so far, and I'm calling the office Monday to talk to their project managers. Um, but there's a lot of power in this platform in reaching out and making connections in real life. Don't forget, like the real life part of this is what it's all about. How are you going to make money in your, in your area doing work? You can have friends all over the country. That's awesome. But what connections are you making in your network locally that are going to benefit you financially and like your business, which, which will benefit you financially, right? We're here for financial reasons, right? This is, um, I love painting, but would I be running this paint company if I was worth a billion dollars? I don't know. It'd be a very different paint company. Let's put it that way. Um, but I don't think like, I just think that it's valuable to, I, like in business, we add, like the reason I'm in business is because I add value to people, and other people are in business because they add value to people. So Dan and I were able to develop and are developing a, a business relationship where we can add value to each other, um, and that's true for the builders that I meet on Instagram. That's true for the employees I meet on Instagram. That's true for the clients I meet on Instagram. They're able to add value to my life. I'm able to add value to their life. Uh, hopefully I add more than I take. That's the name of the game, which we talk about on here a lot. Um, but I'm not sure if people suffer from this. I used to a long time ago. I no longer do it at all. Uh, well, let's not say at all. That's not true. But I think that um, as, as humans, we suck at rejection, taking rejection. Um, 
Like, it's it's a painful thing. I, guys are better than girls at this, based off of dating for the most part. It's a big generality, but we get, you know, generally I think men are better at taking rejection. We we just get rejected a lot more than women do, um, just volume wise. I think, but the I like. Being comfortable with rejection, A, outright rejection, which I think is very, very rare. Most of the time, when people don't get back to you or they go a different route, like it's not personal. Like it, a bunch of other things happen. So not taking things personal is huge, right? If I don't get responses from half those builders, I'll have to send a follow-up in three months. I, I'm not going to take it personally they didn't get back to me. Those guys are running big companies. They're busy people. I'm just some dude asking if I can like connect with them. Because I think I, I know I can add value to them. But I get that they have a lot going on in their lives. And so if they don't respond to one of my messages, like, what do I care? That, that's not, it's not a reflection on me. Because a bunch of things that I don't know are happening or at play. So um, you definitely get desensitized. So send, send DMs to people. Craft them in a way that you have to be careful with how you craft them too. You have to understand what it might be like try to understand what it might be like to be the person that you're sending the message to uh bosses owners of companies and bosses they do not want to hear how this relationship working with me as the boss is going to be good for you as a boss owners and companies that they don't care what it's going to be like for you well it'd be really great opportunity for me i would would really love the opportunity to be huge for my company to get to come work for you what do i care about your company i'm trying to run my company i have have a big company to run right that's what that's what this big gc is thinking he's got a lot so i don't reach out to him and go oh my god what an honor it would be to get to work with you mr awesome guy no it's like hey I think I can add a lot of value to your life. We Here's what we do. We do this. This is why we do it. These are our competitive advantages. And I would love to be able to talk discuss how I can add value to you. That is a very different direct message than, oh man, can I please work with you? You'd be so cool. Or, or just like, like the straight up ask. Like, yes, like John said, be helpful. Like make it easy to do business with me and like give more than you take. And, and if you take that mindset, I think it's, it's, it's a lot easier to develop connections than if you take this, like, I don't know, I get some messages from some people sometimes and I don't get angry often, but I have to like fight anger. And because it's just like, this person has no idea. It's offensive to come at me with some of these, the way some people pose their asks they're just entitled and just like oh man it's gross you have to think about who are you talking to before you ask for something Um, and don't ask give talk about how you can give Um, I don't know it's it's late I could just keep rambling I feel like um, my wife just sent me a text message oh I think I'm. I think I should get off, don't you guys? Um, anybody else have any questions? Anything? Any other topics that we should talk about before I go to bed? Got a big morning tomorrow. Meeting the videographer from PCA. We're going to start. We're gonna get. We're gonna get going, man. I gotta get my face and my company's face on YouTube in a professional manner. Um, 
we've been slacking so badly. I'm so comfortable with like Instagram. TikTok is the easiest freaking thing in the world. Oh my God. This is a Lululemon polo. Highly recommend them. They're not cheap, but man, they're so comfortable. They're sweat wicking. They're beautiful. I'm gonna get, I'm, I bought like four different colors to figure out which one I'm gonna get logoed up. And I'm gonna, these are gonna be my like shirts that are gonna be logoed up with the brand right here. Um, but yeah, I, I, never you know lululemon what you know think whatever you want about it but you get what you pay for with polos that's kind of what it came down to for me i would say i probably bought i don't know five to seven different types of branded polo shirts in the course of my company uh the best ones i ever found were the i went and got nike golf polos and i had them lettered up um he just said, dang, I have the same color on right now, but not Lululemon. Well, dude, get yourself a Lululemon polo and you'll feel like a million bucks. I I like fancy stuff, though. Like I, I like nice clothes. And these shirts, I just feel confident in them. I, you know, they're, for me, they're worth the price. I've, so back to that, I, I've had, you go, if you go to like this shirt, the place where you get your shirts lettered, thank God, I have a new one. Send me a DM if you're looking for somebody to get you shirts. Um, my my girl at Otraway was amazing. I'll tell you about that experience actually because I've had a lot. I was having some really really frustrating experiences with my t-shirt people, um, and I I tried to go elsewhere and then I tried to go back and give them one more chance because they're a local small business, and I've been with them for a long time and they just let me down and let me down. But I've had a lot of polos that I were were very low quality with floppy collars. And I don't know. They just really crappy polos that aren't, they still weren't cheap, you know. And, and then you're getting them lettered up and you look like a dope in this freaking polo. Instead, I just decided, like, you know what, just get a nice polo and I'm going to have them lettered up. Uh, one that I know fits because it's just too many times. So, my t shirt person, I just, I just bought the largest order of t shirts I've ever experienced. Uh, I never thought I'd spend that much money on t shirts, but I, I did. And I'm glad I did. But here's what I'm most glad about. They sent me full-scale mock-ups. You know I mean? They sent me three because the color wasn't right three times. Three times. But it didn't matter because they sent me a mock-up. And then the color wasn't right. And I was able to go, that's not navy. That's royal blue. Send me another mock-up. Okay. Hey, that's closer to navy, but that's still not navy. And the logo is too high up on the shoulder. Can you lower the logo down on the shoulder? Yeah. But the point is, I never had a full-scale mock-up of my shirt, my T-shirts, from the company that I was buying from locally. There was an act of God to get a shirt from them anyway. They, they were so ridiculous. They wouldn't... I had to, I found the last straw. No, actually, the second to last straw. The, what I thought was going to be the last straw, and I gave them one more chance. This is a local, small business right competing with you know how many online t-shirt sellers there are that can give you a cheaper pricing tomorrow and turn getting to them in two days that i didn't go to because i wanted to go local and i knew this girl and she got me my first shirts when i first ever started and they then she started her own company they called me let's say it was 
4.20, no, I think it was, let's say it was 4.30 on a Thursday or a Friday. I think it wasn't a Friday. It was like a Thursday. They called me 4.30. Hey, your t-shirts are ready. Awesome. I'm 35 minutes away. I'll be there at 5.05 to pick them up. Oh, sorry. We close at 5. What? Okay, can you just wait five minutes for me? I'm really excited. I, like my new shirts are in. Like, we go get them. Oh no, sorry. We we close at five. We're all we all leave at five. I was stunned. This is a local small business who I just bought probably five hundred dollars worth of shirts from, and they wouldn't stay five minutes after closing, so I could pick up shirts. So I was like, that's it. That's I'm done. I'm never buying shirts from these people again. This is unbelievable. Well, then they have all my art for my shirts. And I, out of desperation, time was of the essence and I needed to get more shirts and I went one more time. And I never should have done it. Respect the boundaries. Um, I went back one more time and I already had a chip on my shoulder and I went back and I ordered shirts. I said, exactly, I want exactly what you gave me last time. Can you do that? Yeah. Sweet. Awesome. Order the shirts. I go pick them up. Again, it's royal blue instead of navy blue. And I'm like, I, am I missing something here? There's an entire box of shirts here that are the wrong color. The, the logo. They're gray shirts, but they have the logo. And it's, it's royal blue. Now, the owner was on maternity leave, but she had the kid like two months earlier. So she's, she's at home with the two-month-old. Two and, and I'm like, this is not acceptable. And they want me to pay for these. And I'm like, this is the same navy ink that we used before. I'm like, 100% it's not. I went and got him a shirt. I put the shirt next to him. Like, these are two different colors. What are we talking about? So, and, and they, they insisted. And finally, they were like, okay, um, I, think, I think I ended up just leaving. And like, I, they, they wanted me to pay for them. So, <laughs> yeah, it Okay, so eventually eventually they ended up giving me the shirts for free and then making me new ones or something. But at that point, I did that. And, and then from that point on, I was like, I'm, uh, there's nothing in the world that will ever make me go back to these people. So there's um, someone in my B&I, Amanda, and she, she owns Ultra Way. At Ultra Way on Instagram, customer service could not be more polar opposite of this experience I had with the other company. Her customer service is annoying, it's so good. Honestly, I haven't told her this. Hope she's not watching. Her customer service is so good that I get annoyed with all of the touch points when she's checking in and she's communicating and over communicating, which is way better than the other way around. I get annoyed sometimes, so it's fine. When working with her, she's been so good. And so she got me the coins, those, the ZK logo coins. I had been talking to a, a metal guy locally for months. Guy would not call me back for it. It, it was insane. And finally, I'm like, can you give me coins? Oh yeah, I'll give you coins. I had renderings out in a week. I had like, then full scale mock-ups again in four different types of metal. And then we ordered them. It, it was phenomenal. So I highly recommend Ocher Way for all of your t-shirts. You can work remotely. She sends you, you send her the logo, the logo. She sends you the t-shirt. It's a great mock-up. I got some really comfy t-shirts. We got long sleeves and we got the coins. Um, but 
customer service. Like she says, she, she tells me what's happening. She goes above and beyond. She's over communicating. There's samples of everything before I get my order. It's just like painting. We should, we should all be like Amanda from Ultra Way. Yes, you want the goods. I, I don't want, Jake said, uh, that's the worst. I don't want messed up junk for free. I want the goods for an honest price. 100%. I would much rather pay for what I ordered than you give me for free something I didn't order. Because this doesn't look professional. When half the guys on the job site, we've all seen this with companies, half the guys on the job site have one color shirt and the other half have a slightly different version that clearly came out at a different time. It's just not as professional. I didn't like it. So now we have Amanda from Otraway, and we have all of our shirts that are going to be exactly the same, long sleeve and short sleeve, with the Fine Paints of Europe Master Certified logo on the side for that extra money. It was tough to do it, but I'm glad we did it. We have nice canvas, I think it's the brand, canvas, like like um, mixed blend t-shirts. They're comfy. Um, and I'm going to just keep ordering from her. And she sent me a couple sweatshirts to try. I didn't really like either of them. We're going to keep trying sweatshirts. Um, but it's that customer service, just like what we do. She gave me actual samples. It, it's huge. Um, yes, Brunga, at Otraway. O-T-R-A way means other way. Um, she's originally from South America, so she named her company Otraway. Her customer service is off the chain. And when I, I should I should make a post about it. Thumb holes on the hoodies. What do we look like? We're fucking we're freaking fifteen year old kids. Um, no thumb hole on the hoodies. Uh, although Arturo did an awesome thing on our hoodies and he put a zipper down the front of the hoodie because he didn't like pulling it over his head. So when I do get the next round, Arturo's going to get zip ups because he doesn't like over the head hoodies. Um, that's the toughest. The toughest thing is the next step is getting the hoodies and the, the warm clothes because it just costs so much more. And, you know, with eight people now, like I got to figure something out. Um, we got to make some money as a company so we can afford to have real nice outdoor gear. Bronga, it is O-T-R-A. I'll just put it here. I probably will forget. So it's at Otra Way. Boom. Tell Amanda I sent you. She Her customer service is, God, it's phenomenal actually. Don't order from Italy. No, they don't pay for their uniforms. I might, I'm, I might look at finding a way to split the cost of like outdoor gear, like the warm stuff. Because at this point right now, I'm just not sure. Need that iPhone wire hole. <coughs> now the the sweatshirts that that they've always been tough too to find a good sweatshirt. It's like the polos. They're, it's all tough, you know, and most of those, the, my local company would never show me an actual full-scale mock-up. They wouldn't even show me the actual, half the time they didn't have the actual shirt in stock to show me even a blank, a blank shirt. Wait, by two sets, I, does that mean 10 shirts? 
So we give we give everybody five. I I give everybody five shirts. Like I I think maybe more, but they all get at least five, so that they don't have to do laundry midweek. That's that's my thinking. Um. Two days, then you got you're making you guys do laundry midweek, bro. That's asking a lot. I I I just think it's. But hey, what am I? It's it's your you know what you're doing. But I think, um, what are you giving your guys polos and hoodies? Dang, I don't know what I'm talking about. We should talk about it sometime. Um, Runga, can you just write that down? I'm gonna maybe I can pin the I'm gonna pin the comment I just made. Can I do that? Pin comment. Boom! Look at that! Oh, I'm so professional with these lives now. I'm just pinning comments down here. At Ultra Way. Her name is Amanda Matola. Uh, you can just call her Amanda. I'm sure. It only takes one hour to do a load of laundry. Said my mom. Mom, I don't do laundry for like weeks. Well, you know that. I we I gotta get this laundry service down. We've been talking about doing it forever, and I just never have signed on. I need a laundry service. Um, good for you, B Palms. Yeah, getting a good logo is 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 key. It's not that key actually. Just getting a legible logo is huge. All right, good, my man Brunger. Talk, talk to Amanda. I think you're gonna be amazing. Wear it once and throw it away. Oh man, there's that. I actually, we actually have a family member that does something that did something similar to that. Mom, Dan is talking crap over here. He said the laundry takes over two hours. He measured. Oh, man. I have to go down two flights of stairs to my basement to do laundry, guys. I'm telling you, that is tough. Tough work. Um, I'm I'm notoriously horrible at taking care of my house. I am, Everyone thinks, like, oh, your house must be, like, so neat and organized. All your work is so neat and organized. Anyone that knows me knows that that's not the truth, unfortunately. Um, and my wife and I go back and forth about having a cleaning lady... And uh, the joys, and then the also the, the drawbacks of having of that. But then with COVID, it's off the table. Um, but I yeah, I like I I need to. I think it's only fair that they don't have to. I we ask a lot from the guys, and if they have to go home and do laundry at night, midweek, so they have enough clothes to wear for the week, that's that's too much for me. That's a bigger ask than I'm willing to to make. Yeah, you gotta have laundry room on the same floor as the, as the bedrooms. <laughs> Mom, you're also the toughest lady I know. So, no wonder. What my mom said her washer and her dryer are half an hour each, and it's only one flight of stairs to the basement, but she can hack it. Our I got my strength from my mom. She's a gangster. She did all my laundry for all my life. I never got good at it. 
I did do. I just finished doing a bunch of laundry last weekend, um, but it's not my favorite thing to do. Actually, I don't mind laundry that much. Um, it's the dishes, man. The dishes get me. Um, all right, guys, I I gotta sign off. I'm talking about laundry and dishes right now. Hope everybody has a great week. Um, yeah, my mom is awesome. Uh, watching IG live uh, the other day. I'm going to throw her under the bus. The other day, she was watching uh, the live, but she was watching it on IGTV, and she didn't know it wasn't live. <laughs> and she commented, that, like, she answered a question that I had. Um, don't have, don't wear whites. We wear our stripes, and it, it's made it easier. I don't really know, Preston. But my mom was watching an IG live, and uh, she commented thinking it was live, but it was in IGTV, which I think is hysterical. Mom, I love you. Um, all right, guys, thanks for watching. Um, I hope you guys are liking these Sunday monologues. They're easier for me to do. Um, there's just less stress. I got a big boy. Oh, man. The guy who's the, the guest we have Tuesday is a very, very high-end, very high-quality, unbelievable architect that I have a ton of respect for. He's a beast. David Andriozzi. Check out Andriozzi Architecture. Some of the stuff they design and build, my God, he's next level. Um, and I cannot believe that he agreed to join me on this show, but he did, and I'm super honored, and I'm going to be doing all, all of my homework to have good questions for David um, I've met him a couple times. We have, uh, we have a, we share a client. We actually didn't end up doing, I've never done any work on a project that David designed and built. I've done work on one of the homes that he has built afterwards. Um, his design is unbelievable. He's just an awesome guy. I, I'm so excited to have him on the show. So Tuesday, you guys have some questions ready for a high-end architect. Um, I'm really excited. I'm definitely a little nervous for this. Uh, but again, thanks for watching. These monologues are good. If you like them, um, you guys can all do me a huge favor and go on iTunes and rate us and leave me a comment. I wrote my first comment because I'm a loser. Hide it. Bury that comment down with a bunch of other comments from actually people who watch this stuff. I know. I got to be better at that. Question number one, form over function. Oh boy, let's get them started. Um, yes, do me a favor. Go on iTunes and give me a five-star rating if, or give me whatever rating you think I deserve and write something. Tell me about what you like about this podcast, what you don't like about this podcast. Um, give me some feedback. It would be huge for me because uh, I'm kind of just doing this with like, it's a monologue without a lot of feedback. So the more feedback, the better. Um, thanks again, guys.